Hey team of Eternal Optimists, it's Matt Rincon here. And before we launch into today's epic conversation, I've got a big announcement. Drum roll, please. My brand new book is coming out on March 8th. And perhaps even better news, you can get it for only 99 cents on Amazon that day. We don't run ads on the show. And if you ever want to give back and support the Eternal Optimist community, go to Amazon on March 8th and get the Kindle version for only 99 cents. Just search for the book title, The Eternal Optimist. It's never too late. And you can download it directly to your device. Now, let's get to the show. I'm talking to Justin Morgan right now, who is an Ironman triathlete. He has overcome some of the most tremendously challenging personal things, and we're going to get into that today. He runs a real estate empire. I mean, super successful business. He's modest. He's not going to go into all the details of it. I'll share. He's someone that you might say financially free. He runs a real estate empire. He's great at what he does professionally. He's a close personal friend. So I got to know in a time in his life when there was real stuff going on, right? So... I'm glad you're here, Justin. Just welcome to the show, Mr. Justin C. Morgan. Welcome, my friend. How are you today? Dude, I'm doing good, Matt. So happy to be here with yeah, you, man. It's, it's going to be good. Uh, I, today, we're recording uh, at the start of September in 2023. I believe today is a special day for you in some way. What is unique about today? Something's going to happen later on today. What? Tell us a little bit about this experience later today. Oh, big experience today. First big experience is just being on the Eternal Optimist podcast, hanging out with Coach Matt. So (laughs) second big experience is I'm stepping into the zone of group mentoring, group coaching inside the real estate space. This is a little bit of a push. I've had to overcome some self-doubts, some of the limiting beliefs that I have around being a talking head, who's going to listen to me. So this is a fun venture, right? And the more I lean into it, the more I realize how much value I have to offer and really each of us have to offer to people that are just looking for a leg up or a little bit of a shortcut. So today's the launch of my first group mentoring, been doing private and one-on-one, been doing a whole lot of free, a whole lot of free and seeing a lot of people not take action. But these folks are paying to play and it's really an honor to lead them in their journey in the real estate space. I love space. That, that you're starting and doing that. And you shared openly that there's this idea about the imposter syndrome because I know you and I know of your acclaim and your accomplishments. <laughs> and to me, it's like, oh, I can't believe that even someone who has raised millions, so many millions in money to fund and run real estate, you've done that at a very high level. And to even hear from one of the greats, you, that there's some butterflies and stuff, that's just really reassuring. And I hope the listeners can really connect with that because Justin, he's... He's a business magnate, and even someone as experienced as Jessica can feel a little bit of butterfly. So, hey, he's human. Yeah, yeah, we're human, and if we're not feeling like we're pushed, we're not growing. And I think life's about growth. And so it's good to be pushing in the right direction, right? We can push into bad directions that doesn't feel good with our soul. But when you know you're on the right path, you feel that push, and there's growth on the other side of it. So this is a fun day on a lot of fronts. I'm experiencing that right now. We were talking earlier about uh, this is coming up November 4th, which is a couple months away at this point. Running my very first marathon, the Charlotte City Marathon, the longest ever run. Thank you. I'm very very excited. The longest ever run in my life. It was about 10 miles up until a couple weeks ago where I ran a half marathon. And I don't know. I'd still never run 26 miles at once. 
right? And I know that you have not only done that, you've done that and the swim and the bike, you've done the entire Ironman. So can you help us understand how does one even prepare for and train for an Ironman triathlon? Because I'm just doing a marathon. You did the whole thing. You know, so how do you even do that? How do you prepare for it? That's why I do Ironmans is to prepare for something big because just like life, we have to prepare for the big stuff that's coming down the pipe. And a lot of us think that life is about comfort. A lot of us think that life is about just the highs. And we forget that life's really about the many challenges that we have because, again, that's where growth is, right? So for me, I got the itch. I got the itch a number of years ago after doing other endurance races, the half marathon, the 5Ks, which is three miles, the half marathons, 13.1, the full marathons, 26.2. And then I got introduced to the triathlon world and started going, man, what's next? What's next? An Ironman is considered two different races, a half Ironman, which is a 1.2 mile swim, and then a 56 mile bike ride, and then a half marathon, 13.1 mile run. A full Ironman is double all that. And then you get into this like ultra athlete where guys are doing 50 mile runs, 100 mile runs. It gets pretty crazy. Nobody should do any of that (laughs) unless you feel the itch, right? Unless you feel the urge to do it. Just because you're hearing this doesn't mean you should. I don't believe in shoulds or shoulding on yourself Mm -hmm. in life, but you need to be true to yourself. If it feels good, do more of that. If it makes you a better person, lean into it. Mm. Do more Mm. of that. And with the right preparation, these races, although they can be hard on the body, and at some point they are hard on the body, depending on where you're at with your training and your age, Like it's really fun to just go out and run a half marathon as part of a regular week's training protocol. And just to be able to mentally know this is what I do for everybody. It's different. Some people it's a marathon to get out of bed. For some people it's a marathon to put down addiction. Like everybody's got their own marathons in their life, but what's it like to participate? What's it like to do an Ironman? It's going into a challenge and knowing what the potential is for you to become on the other Mm -hmm. side of that. Now, here's why I say that. I signed up for two Ironmans. The first one, I didn't show up. I signed up, I trained, but then I didn't show up. There was another one where I signed up, I trained, I showed up, I got my bracelet, I got my stickers, I I got my number, and I literally the next morning didn't show up to get on the bus to do the race. And it's part of this journey that I think really illustrates a lot of what life is like, forgiving ourselves because we didn't show up the way we wanted to, but knowing that there's something bigger out there. And finally, when you conquer that, if you're better than me, you conquered on the first round. But I see a lot of people that don't get it right the first round. That's life. Like an Ironman, like life, it's continually showing up, forgiving yourself. And then the joy is that much sweeter on the other side, right? The joy of family life, the joy of business success. I think raising kids is a marathon, Uh right? Uh Raising kids is an Ironman. You might say it's 18 years. You might say it's 25 years. You might say it's just a lifetime, but there's always the joy that can come when the work is put in. And that's why I do races is because of the joy of what it feels like on the other side to do something hard. And that ends up translating to life. I love everything you shared. I know that you did all the training for the first two times you showed up, but you didn't go through with it. Why didn't you go through with it the first couple of times? 
oh man, we got to go there. We got to go to the demons. Yeah, inside, I want to know the demons because right? <laughs> we know what's on the other side of all that super success, the smile, the person that we're looking at today. How did we get to there? Because we're trying to overcome stuff. Yeah. We want to see hope. I know there's yeah. been hard stuff, man. I'm, please let us in. Yeah, I think the strongest message that can come from this for the listeners is what is that hope on the other yeah. side? Each of us battle different things, right? In today's world, we hear a lot about mental health. We hear a lot about depression. We hear a lot about loneliness. So what that tells me is a lot of us are battling the voice in our heads. And I don't believe in depression. And a lot of people will start swearing at me when I say that. They'll start to discredit everything we're talking about here. But I want you to consider a thought for a minute if you're open to it. The listeners and you... The reason I don't believe depression is real is because when you're in the gym and you're working out and you're doing something that is good for you, it's impossible to feel depressed. When you're with somebody that you love and you love yourself, it's impossible to feel depressed. When you're doing things you love, when you're doing the things that you know you need to do deep down in your soul, if you know you need to get out of bed because you've got to do something, there's a moment where you put your feet on the ground And you can find love for yourself and remove from this identity that you're a depressed Mm. person, that you're clinically depressed. I, I hate labels. I think that there's ways out of it. It might be exercise. It might be food. It might be the things you're watching, the things Mm -hmm. you're reading for every person. It's different. My journey has been a little bit of Mm -hmm. all of that. Right. But that's why I'll argue that actual depression is not real. The feeling is real. Okay, 100%. The feeling's very, very real. I've been there many, many times and still can go there, right? Feeling depressed of not showing up for a race Mm -hmm. when you've paid a lot of money and you've trained for it, right? You feel like a turd. You feel like a loser, right? You can't. That's normal. But it's not who you are. You can become more than that by the little actions you take. And I would say do more of the things that make you a better person. Mm. Yeah, I love the way you framed all that by if you're open to it, and if you're curious about it, because that's one of my core values is curiosity. And I want to ask the question, uh, ask that yes. the question, if this weren't true, what might need to happen or what might the conditions be if this were not true? You know, if depression were not real, then what would make it not real? I'm curious about that. And I'm glad you brought it up. So I'd love to keep moving forward here to the real challenge that really inspired me to invite you to the show. And I know there's been some challenges in the family and you could set the stage and share with us what you found out and what happened and just walk through your story, my friend. Love to hear it. Yes, yes, absolutely. So I am the father of a child that has been battling childhood cancer. And it's still something very difficult to say. It's still a little bit unreal. We don't ever believe that we could be that parent, right? Until that shows up. We don't ever believe we'll be the person that's in a car accident or the person who has their parents die, right? Some of these things have happened to me in my life. But last year, we found out three days after Christmas that my then 15-year-old son, now 16-year-old, had a blood cancer, leukemia. And... There is the start of a new adventure. There's the start of a new journey being a dad and guiding a family and guiding a son through a lot of physical and mental pain. And I want to just make sure that I jump right to the end of this. We are cancer-free today, and we're just nine months into the journey now. It's a very rare form of cancer. It's one that comes on quickly, can kill you quickly. We caught it early. 
it also goes away quickly. So I feel very blessed that we're not dealing with a two or three year cancer journey. And I'm grateful that we've been able to learn a lot of the lessons and now hopefully inspire other people that are going through their own tough journeys with kids or personally or with their parents, whatever it is, that there is light at the end of that tunnel. Kind of easy to say, right? We're cancer free. So it seems like it's easier to say. But I'd love to share that journey as we weren't cancer free, when we didn't know what this was going to end, like when we finally did receive that cancer free bone marrow blood test. And my then 16 year old son goes, so this means I have a lot less chance of dying. Right. And a kid that's faced death. And I actually never really considered that as an option, like death as an option, like we weren't going there. Right. Like, We weren't going there, but he had gone there and he knew that he was that much closer to maybe leaving much earlier than what we anticipated his time would be. So yeah, that's the bookends of a lot of stories and a lot of experiences as it relates to a pretty big trial that I would say that we've had to endure and still a little bit, we're enduring it. It's still there. Yeah. I literally just started to cry a second ago. I'm starting to tear up just thinking about, I wouldn't even know how to respond in your shoes. What was like three days after Christmas? What was that whole first day like? <laughs> the emotions and just that. How do you? How, yeah, I'd I'd be happy to go there, but I'd really like to yeah. start with a very actionable step that started about six weeks before oh, okay. that. Please. And the reason I wanted to start there is hopefully to inspire things that listeners could do to be able to prepare for what life does throw at us. Life is like a muscle, right? If we don't exercise it, if we don't allow it to get stronger, then it might hurt more when we have to lift that weight of a certain trial that gets thrown at us. Mm. And I'm not hoping for any trials to get thrown at us, but this is life. None of us makes it out of life alive. We all die and and death is a trial, right? Health is a trial. Job, money is a trial. And then other things just show up. And so I, somewhere in my journey, picked up the idea of embracing the suck. I picked up the idea of finding things that are hard and seeing what I can tackle. Now, I don't go out there as somebody that's like a massacre and want to just go hurt myself, right? But I do want to challenge myself because one, how I feel on the other side of it, but two, to become the strongest version of me. So if the bigger stuff shows up for me in my life or for others, I can be the best version of me that day. And I hope a year later, I'm even a better version. So I was introduced in November of last year, so almost a year ago, to cold therapy, to polar plunges, to this social media world around inserting your body in sub 50 degree, sub 55 degree water and learning what the mental and health benefits are of that. And I'm not going to go into a lot of them, but I'll share a little bit about what it's done for me. You can find out all the health benefits on Google and on Instagram and see all the science behind it. It's pretty incredible. But I chose to embrace the suck. I chose to do something in November when temperatures dropped here at home. I bought a horse trough and I was breaking ice, getting in cold water. To this day, and I practice this almost every single day, it still sucks. It's still really hard. There's a little demon in my head saying, don't do that stupid thing. (laughs) Don't get in that water. Yeah. But being the person that I am that likes a little bit of a challenge, likes to go out and be on a bike for three hours and grind it, likes to run for hours at a time and see how far I can go. 
this was a little bit of a different challenge because I think comfort is something that we've really adapted ourselves to. Uh, uh. Like, like everything in life is comfortable. We used to be farmers and we used to go out in the cold and we used to go out in the heat. But now we go from a warm house to a warm car that we can get in warm before we even get into the car to a warm office, like everything to warm food, to instant warm food in a micro, everything's comfort. So I wanted to like break it up. I felt like I was getting soft and we can talk about my business journey, but I had definitely gotten a lot softer as I reached some financial goals and wasn't being pushed. So my mental state had gone down, right? I was lowering who I was mentally. So I said, I'm getting in this cold water. We're going to do this. And every day, break the ice, get in the cold water. Well, really quickly, my wife, my kids, my neighbors, like, we've all started to adopt this practice and it became part of a community, which I think is very, very valuable and a principle in and of itself. But little did I know that that was going to lead to some bigger challenges six weeks later. Well, in the course of that six weeks, I was introduced to some other practices. I was introduced to a community that you and I are part of, the Front Row Dads community. And I gained a few other practices that I didn't know what it was going to do for me three or four weeks later. One of those being breath work, another practice that I incorporate that just really changes my mental state. It's the work that we do on us to become stronger mentally. We have control over nothing in life except the thoughts that go on in our head. So what are we doing every day or in our normal practice of life to build the muscle Mm. of our mind? And Cold therapy was the one that I needed. I clearly needed it, and I needed it today, and I need it every day in my life up to this point, and hopefully for a while because it's just still paying dividends. Breathwork is the same thing. Community is the same thing. But fast-forwarding to that Christmas day, he got sick, and three days later, we life-flighted him. That day (laughs) was hard. (laughs) That day was really hard. It was such that he passed out, had a seizure. I picked him up. We rushed him to the ER. Time fast forward, and we're life flighting him at 3 a.m. in the morning to the primary children's hospital in a bigger city in northern Utah. And warp speed going on in the mind. But something I'll never forget is most of my life, even as strong as I think I am, when adversity hits me, I oftentimes have played the victim role and I've looked for outside sources to support me. I've looked for things outside to come in and be like, you will be okay. And then I'm like, okay, I'm okay. Okay. Right. I'm grateful. Those things got me to that morning, 3am. We life flight my son, my wife's in the airplane with him. I get the kids in the car and I'm driving by seven, eight o'clock the next morning to go to the hospital to meet up with them. As I'm on a certain section of the highway as I'm driving, and I have a moment to slow down, I have a moment to think on this four hour drive. And the thought that I had was, I'm ready for this. I'm prepared for this. Nobody else was there to support me at that moment. And we've had tons of support since then. But in that moment, I knew I was prepared for the challenge ahead. Why did I know that? Why did I know that? Because of all the little baby that seemed really big, but the baby trials that had come before this trial. Interestingly enough, January 7th, so just almost 10 days later, my dad died four years prior. Interestingly enough, 
four years prior to that, my youngest son was born at the wrong time and didn't come when we wanted him to come and cost a lot more money than I expected. And that was a trial at the time that is silly and we laugh at it. My dad's death, we don't laugh and it's not silly, but it was a trial that I had to endure to get ready for the next Mm. one. And it's interesting that these are four years apart by way of a few weeks. I mean, really all within the 10 day span, but I knew that I was strong. Haven't always been strong through the trial, but I was ready to take it on. And that only comes from exercising that mind muscle. And it's been a joy to be on this journey. It's been a joy to learn so much about myself through this cancer journey of my son and supporting my family and supporting him. And I think it's been pretty cool because we've been able to show up in ways as a family that I never thought possible. There's also been dark moments that I never thought we could endure this much darkness, but we have, and it's been a joy to get to that finish line, which is today, yes. <laughs> right? And there's a new finish line yes. tomorrow. <laughs> what, what's some of the high places where you felt close to your family, close to your son during this journey for the last nine months? What was the high point? Can I give two high points and they're going to be polar please, opposites? Please, love to hear them. I was reading through some notes just a few weeks back in my Apple notes. And while we were in the hospital, it was one day at a time, right? Sometimes the only win of the day that I had was getting in the cold Salt Lake City bathtub at the hotel in the morning. That was my win, right? I don't know what the temperature was, but it was January in Salt Lake City. The water was cold coming out of the faucet. That was my win, right? But outside of that, I had to keep track daily of what we are grateful for. And I read this note just a couple weeks ago that said, my son's name is Austin, said, Austin ate oatmeal today. Austin got up from bed and walked to the bathroom three times. That was it. That was my gratitude for the day. That was success for the day. That was him moving forward for the day, eating oatmeal and walking to the bathroom three times. His body was in the middle of chemotherapies, in the middle of saving his life and trying to figure out medicines. And I share that because it's really a high to look back on about how far we've come and what we can be grateful for when bad stuff hits us. The second high I told you I wanted to share too is in the month of June, while undergoing chemotherapy, my son, through his association of another friend, took on the challenge to do 10,000 push-ups in 30 days. What? Here he is. Yep, here he is, right? He's about to turn 16. His friends are playing football. His friends are healthy. And he says, I want to take on this challenge. I want to embrace the suck that hopefully I've been able to instill a little bit of that, find difficult things and see what you can become on the other end of those difficult things. And boy, was the end of that 30 days a high. I mean, do the math. That's 333 push-ups a day times 30 days is 10,000 push-ups, right? And he goes out there and he conquers it. And one of the greatest highs I have is a picture of him in the hospital, emancipated, skin and bones, his body's fighting, And here we are just six months later from January, and he's doing 10,000 push-ups. His body is regaining muscle. I mean, talk about a high as a dad and just being like, dude, that is inspiring. It makes me want to show up bigger and better. Yeah. I mean, for my first thought is literally I do 50 push-ups a day. And he 
I'm overcoming <laughs> <Right>? this, <laughs> overcoming everything he had to overcome in this short period of time in his life, at his age, and he's doing 333 a day for a month after cancer. I mean, holy, oh my God, wow. Yeah, that's a high. Pretty inspiring, right? Pretty inspiring. So, I love that you can go back and just say that you kept a gratitude journal and it was just a small thing, but it was so meaningful at the time. I mean, he ate. He walked back and forth. I mean, that's amazing. And thank you. What was a part of the journey that was the most challenging? There was a low, dark time. Like, where was their questioning or what was the hard part? I mean, I know it's all hard. I mean, for where I sit, yeah. impossible. Like, really, really freaking hard. Right? What was the hardest time? I'm going to look over at my whiteboard. If you're listening on a podcast, you don't see me looking, but I have a little quote on the bottom of my whiteboard and it says, avoid permanent decisions from temporary emotions. The low of our journey was my wife and I ended up separated in the middle of this, kind of towards the beginning, actually. And I'm not going to go into a lot of details of why, but I'll tell you it's because of emotion, right? We make decisions thinking with our emotion And it's so important to avoid making permanent decisions out of emotion. The punchline is my wife and I don't agree and haven't agreed on certain procedures and certain things that others recommend that we do in this cancer journey. In the world, there's a lot of options. There's holistic options. There's Eastern, Western medicine, right? And emotions are high when you have a kid fighting for their life. Emotions are high when you're going to the hospital for four or five hours a day doing chemotherapies. Other kids are emotionally exhausted and abandoned. No matter how good you are, we've got business, we've got kids, we've got family. And all that one particular week and then a day, it was just bad. And I left home. And that was really the low. But every time we hit a low, that means we can start to climb again, should we choose pretty scary, right? I was pretty low. I was pretty exhausted. I took a gun with me when I left home. You know, that's how emotionally challenged I was that there was a potential I was ever going to get out of this. And lucky for my wife and for me and the support of some family and some friends and our community, God has a mysterious way of working. But my brother and best friend from high school, a relationship that we've had for 25 plus years, he was passing through town when I went to another home in town, a vacant property that I had. And stay the night with me. Within that week, emotions calmed down. Things were able to be navigated through some of the decisions or lack of decisions and all the stuff that we had going on. And my wife and I have worked through some amazing things since then and been able to come together in amazing ways that I can honestly say I didn't know the high of this level of our relationship. And that's the beauty of getting to that next finish line, right? Of not giving up, of going the next step. And regardless of how strong you are, regardless of how much you run, how much you lift weights, how much cold therapy you do, you have these weak moments that emotion gets the better of you. But one step forward, and there can be some really beautiful things on the other end of it. And my wife's and my relationship is much more real and much more connected and much more beautiful. And I think it's only because of the trial that we've had to figure out. A piece of coal can turn it into a diamond when enough pressure is put on it. And our relationship is becoming more like a diamond. And we didn't realize how much of a coal it was at the time. But pressure does that to you. And if you let it apply, you can transcend beyond it and become something shiny and clear and beautiful. Yeah, thanks so much. I feel inspired and I feel really grateful that you went there and shared this story about your son and about your wife. And 
you shared that it's not just always I'm a cool duck on top of the water. It's 100 miles an hour underneath for all of us. And you shared that. And just thank you for keeping it real and sharing the real stuff, Justin. And I knew you were an eternal optimist, man. I knew there was an optimist in there, man. You keep saying it, that each of these challenges is preparing you for the next thing. When you take that next step and you've continued throughout the entire time I've known you now for this whole year, you have taken the next step. You've always pushed for that next action. So just grateful, my friend, to hear that story. Thank you for yeah, that. I almost don't know what to say next because I'm just so inspired by it. I've been here, been weeping inside and had a couple of tears come to my eye hearing <laughs> the story and just hearing these are the things that happen in real life that you can be blindsided by. How are you preparing yourself for the next challenge? And you said it could be a marathon. Getting out of bed could be a marathon for some people or training for a race or training yeah. for an illness in a family or training for an illness with a parent that has dementia or with someone in the family that has fallen on hard economic times and needs a place to live or any of these challenges that we all face. But a challenge where you might not see eye to eye with this significant other or a family member on COVID and wearing masks and getting jabs. <laughs> yes. I, that was one that hits home very personal to me. So I hear about the story. It's great to see that everyone that I know that's successful, not just a machine, they are someone who's experienced these real feelings and emotions and just real stuff. So just kudos, my friend. Tell us a little bit more about how we can find out more about your journey. Because I've seen you on Instagram. I've seen you doing the cold plunge. I love you talking. You talk smack <laughs> when you're doing the cold plunge. I love it. Just where can we find you and learn more from you, Justin? Yeah, I definitely on some of the social media. I hang out on Facebook okay. quite a bit and share some personal and some business. It's been a way for me to be able to connect with others and hopefully make an impact a sure. little bit in others' lives and also hold myself accountable, right? Mm -hmm. I want to talk about that accountability in a second, but definitely Facebook, Instagram, we can drop some links for that in the show notes or where needs be. On the business side, justincmorgan.com, as well as Raising Private Money Matters or RPM, like Revolutions Per Minute, rpmmatters.com. So you can go there if you want to talk some real estate stuff and specifically how to raise money. But that's a little bit of business and personal and where to hang out with Justin Morgan or find me at the next crazy race, right? That's definitely part of my life right now. And we're coming up on marathon season here as the fall approaches us. Love to get out. Love to challenge myself. Love to challenge other people. My favorite, One of my favorite things is just getting out and having a Facebook profile moments, giving experiences. Yeah, I remember before we ever met and talked for the first time in Salt Lake last year or earlier this year, before that happened, I started to follow you the day of your Ironman race. I remember there was a link in one of our Telegram threads. <laughs> I never followed someone on an Ironman. I'm curious about this. And now I'm going to run a race this year, the marathon part. And I was curious, someone who does the whole thing, because I've always had this part inside of me that says, yeah, I know I could get in shape to run and I know I could do the bike. That swim just sounds incredibly intimidating. That's the fearful part for me. So I watched your, you must have had a chip attached to you in some way. I watched you move around yeah. throughout the course of the day. That was that was pretty cool to see that. So raisingprivatemoneymatters.com is a website and we can yep. find you at Justin C. Morgan on Facebook, Instagram. We'll have all those links in the show notes. Yeah, well, Justin, help us learn a little bit more from you. I'm curious, you're a, a lifelong learner. You push yourself, you figured out some health things 
and some mindset flexing, I suppose, to keep that mind strong. If there's a book or a few books that might be influential to you or inspirational to you, what might be some learning sources in the form of books that have been helpful for you over time? Man, I come totally unprepared for that question. And I'm not good at remembering all the books that I read. I have a rather large audible library. I will tell you my book habit Mm. is I hit a lot of books and I hit them via audible. And if they make an impact, I buy them, right? And then I reread them audible while following along and trying to put some visual, some words into my mind. Lately, I've been on more of a deeper level of personal development And Michael Singer has a couple of books out that have made a difference in my life most recently, The Untethered Soul and his series there. Mm. We're really detaching or I don't even know that I want to use the word detach, but we're really recognizing a deeper version of us inside ourselves. Now, here's the disclaimer. Doing work on our inside, on our soul uh, can be painful and it can be really hard. And I think most people go through life sadly, as the living dead, meaning they really don't wake up to who they are inside. I didn't Mm -hmm. know how much I lacked love for myself. And that's been Mm -hmm. really heavy through the cancer journey. But luckily, I got prepared a little bit a couple months before the cancer journey. Or I don't know that I would have survived it, right? Because I really needed to build a stronger foundation in me. So I'm deep on doing the work right now. One of my good friends just launched a book. And it's called Paper Cuts, The Art of Self-Delusion. This Mm -hmm. is Brent Perkins. Yes, That's a fabulous, unconventional book on really getting to know ourselves and diving deep into the work that we can do on ourselves. Byron Katie has a book, Loving What Is. Oh, man, you want to talk about shaking up everything that you've ever attached yourself to in life? The idea of loving everything, loving what is happening as a man just as a person, that's incredibly difficult. So anyhow, I could keep going. But another book that does come to mind that hopefully one of those maybe hasn't been said or resonates with the listeners. Yeah, those are great. I had Brent on the show. So I love Brent. He's tremendous. And, you know, paper cuts from what I learned from it, the ability to be in the moment and really be present with what is and not what society's ideas of what success look like and not just live into some other dream that you were sold or something that you wake up later and you figure out, wait a second, I don't know if I really wanted that at all. I just went through the motions. I found that paper cuts was really moving to me because Brent is such a person that lives in the present moment. And I think he's the guy that's carpe diem, seizing the day every day, like one day at a time. And I respect him for that because he's run companies at a very high level. And then he's done the exact opposite of being super present at the moment and not focused on the business. I love you for saying paper cuts. And I'm going to go check loving what is because I'm in that space too, kind of the place where we found some business success. And now it's like all those hours we put in trying to figure out, well, I got three young kids. Where do I invest the time now? And starting to get more and more time with the kids and less time on business. And yeah, it's very fascinating. So thank you for your books. Is there a music or a song or a genre that gets you inspired, you do when you're working out? Just any kind of musical preferences, Justin? <laughs> Zero. <laughs> Zero? <laughs> got it. But my kids make fun of me. So the good news is my kids get to choose the music. They love it. I listen if I don't turn it down on the radio. But I have a sickness of a love of learning. So if I'm not listening to a podcast or a book, Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, that's what I do is podcast and book. I did, okay. like in the last year, start 
pulling up on Apple Music, like just marathon running playlists that people have created. So I do tend to run a little faster when I don't listen to a book and I'm, I'm actually listening to music. Really? I could, okay. I could not tell you at all an artist's name, like hardly at all. I apologize, but that's, <laughs> that's who Justin Morgan is as it relates to music. Dude, I'm, I'm with you. I, I listen to uh, ACDC Thunderstruck to invite myself into my office every morning. Other than that, I'm listening to podcasts. I'm listening to books. When I was running the half marathon, I was totally listening to Dan Carlin's Hardcore History podcast. Just loving, there you go. loving the yeah. podcast stuff. <laughs> A lot of learning time for sure. <laughs> well, let me hit with one last question as we wrap up, Justin. And it's been great to have you on today, my friend. Last question would be this. When you hear the phrase eternal optimist podcast, what does eternal optimist mean to you? When I hear the phrase eternal optimist, what does it mean to me? So the first thing that comes to mind is my father who somehow always had an internal perspective. He was very slow and, quite frankly, impossible to anger. I think that takes an internal perspective, right? And that's not me. That's not who I've shown up to be at this point in my journey. And I want to adopt more of what my father had there with that internal perspective of not letting emotion control or even come into the equation. That always translated really good into business and a fabulous relationship with my mother between him and my mother. So he illustrates an eternal optimist to me. Second is my wife. I think 99% of the problems in our relationship have stemmed from me and my emotion. And my wife always has a optimistic perspective to everything in life. In fact, the big joke is her tombstone will read, it could be worse, right? <laughs> it could be worse. <laughs> <laughs> She repeats it all the time, right? I'm like, this sucks. This is terrible. This is happening. She's like, well, it could be worse. I'm like, shut up. Like, come on. Like, ah. <laughs> but she's right, right? She's right. That's definitely an eternal optimistic approach. Awesome. Man, thanks so much for being on today. It could be worse. But as we're speaking, somehow my camera system is all shut down. I'm all, I can't even see you. And <laughs> it could be worse. I totally appreciate your wife's perspective and that your father was slow and impossible to anger and just everything you've shared today. This has been a real amazing front row perspective of someone who has been to the highs and the lows of everything that we could hope to see in life. So thank you, Justin, for everything you shared. Love you, my friend, and appreciate you for being here. Thanks, Matt. Appreciate the opportunity.